0: Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 659. Half of my naked body, covering me in goose flesh. Even in the grip of my nameless terror, I shivered and gave a soft, involuntary gasp. There was a stirring in the air directly above us. The sharp nails of Felurian's left hand dug hard into the muscle of my shoulder. She shifted her hips and slowly slid her naked body up along my own until her face was even with mine. Her tongue flicked against my lips, and without even thinking, I tilted my head, reaching for the kiss. Her mouth met mine, and she drew a long, slow breath, pulling the air out of me. I felt my head grow light, then her lips still tight against mine, Florian pushed her breath hard into me, filling my lungs. It was softer than silent. It tasted of honeysuckle. The ground shivered beneath me, and everything was still. For an endless moment, my heart ceased beating in my chest. A subtle tension left the air above us. Florian pulled her mouth from mine, and my heart thumped again, sudden and hard. A second beat, a third. I pulled in a deep, shaking breath. Only then did Felurian relax. She lay atop me, loose and supple, her naked body flowing over mine like water. Her head nestled into the curve of my neck, and she gave a sweet, contented sigh. A languid moment paused, then she laughed, her body shaking with it. It was wild and delighted, as if she had just played the most marvelous joke. She sat up and kissed my mouth fiercely, then nipped at my ear before climbing off me and pulling me to my feet. I opened my mouth, then closed it, deciding this was probably not the right time for questions. Half of seeming clever is keeping your mouth shut at the right times. So we continued in darkness. Eventually my eyes adjusted, and through the branches above, I could see the stars, differently patterned and brighter than those in the mortal sky. Their light was barely enough to give an impression of the ground and surrounding trees. Valerian's slender form was a silver shadow in the darkness. We kept walking, and the trees grew taller and thicker, blocking out the pale starlight bit by bit. Then it became truly dark. Valerian was little more than a piece of pale darkness ahead of me. She stopped walking before I lost sight of her entirely, and cupped her hands around her mouth as if she were about to shout. I cringed at the thought of a loud noise invading the warm quiet of this place. But instead of a shout, there was nothing. No, not nothing. It was like a low, slow purr. Not anything so loud and rough as a cat's purr. It was closer to the sound a heavy snowfall makes a muffled hush that almost makes less noise than no noise at all. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Joanna.
1: I'm Jeremy. Something I didn't mention yesterday, but is relevant today and yesterday, is that there's a lot of music to the prose, even though there's no dialogue Especially when they're in danger, I feel like there's a lot of poetry going on. It's good. It feels good. Rothfuss just can't help
2: himself.
0: Um, what exactly is happening in this scene? It's like almost like she gave him like opposite CPR.
2: I think that she is maybe like stealing his breath for a moment so he won't give them away. And then when the danger's past she gives it back.
1: Yeah, or like okay. calming him with the power of kisses or something.
2: Mm. I think ultimately... The mystery of what exactly is going on is part of the fun. I don't think we ever get any concrete answers. I think it's
1: better to not have concrete answers here because this is a place of great magic and is no place for logic. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I like that the encounters he have here, he has here defy logic and causal causality, you know uh, yeah. yeah,.
2: well, it, it makes it, as you say, and as i have long been saying on this podcast like the less you explain about your magic the more magic it is and this is exactly that like there's no explanation given uh we just have enough information to un- like we have enough inter- information to like understand the stakes on some level like if they're not quiet they will be discovered and something bad will happen but what exactly the nature of the danger is and how exactly they overcome it is uh, better left to our imaginations. Yeah,
1: and this has the secondary outcome of teaching us that using sympathy in Faye may have un, uh, unknown consequences. Mm. Unintended consequences, you might say.
2: Yeah, if you think it was him doing sympathy that caused the danger and not him bringing light into the place. Well,
1: I think it was, like, either way it makes you think twice. like Whether mm-hmm. or not it was one or the other, it makes you think twice before like doing sympathy for a, sim- for a simple outcome, right? Like, Mm -hmm. doesn't think twice about doing sympathy for stuff like that. Also, does he ever do motion to light before or since? I don't think so. That seems like a a convenient way to have him cast light from his hands for that sequence so he doesn't need, like, a a proper link. But I don't think we'd see much motion sympathy in in the future. No. No, I'm not... Well, I mean, I'm bothered, but not to the extent that I'm, like, actually bothered. I'm Mm
2: -hmm. just... It no. gave you pause. It took you out of the story for a moment when you
1: read it. Kind of, yeah.
0: The thing that he disrupted with light is also sensitive to sound because she makes him be quiet. Is can it be
1: like awoken
0: by sound? Because they like, she didn't specifically say not to make noise. I do think it's also the they light did, okay.
1: more than the sound. But it also could be the alien from After Earth, the Jaden Smith vehicle. Oh no, what is this? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> It's attracted to fear. So the way you fight it is by not feeling any fear, you see. Oh. Yeah.
0: Very good.
2: Well, and, like, later on, I don't think we got to it on this page, but later on, she is making sounds. But I think that they must have passed through the moment of danger. I also, like, the sequence is such good characterization for Fallurian because she almost treats this like it's a game. Like, this, the the stakes feel very high, but her reaction to the immediate aftermath is not to be like we were in such big trouble there she's like that was fun
1: i read it differently like certainly i agree that she has this laughter response and maybe her her you know after the fact outcome is that that was fun but i i feel it as like in the moment she is able to recognize the danger and like it's not like she does it's not like it's a game in the moment right once it's over she reverts to like she's not affected by it she doesn't like have trauma she doesn't go oh my god we could have died she's like oh, we're safe now we're safe again and it's, and everything is good again
0: it's sort of very similar very verisim- that, that word that you like to use very because if you think about it so okay so if you were put into a situation which you know is dangerous but you feel prepared for you would be like at, like the same way florian was like maybe kind of afraid maybe like very like agile and ready but then after it's done, rather than having, like, a more trauma-based response, you might be like, oh, wow, wasn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Like, but right?
1: I think for Falurian, it's not even like an oh, my God. It's like, okay, um, the the danger is over and we can return to joy, right? Like, I do see this as kind of an inhuman reaction. Oh, okay. I see, like, she has a sense of self-preservation and preservation for both, but she doesn't dwell on it. She's almost like a puppy, right? Like... All they really know is what's happening right at that moment. So as soon as the danger's over, she's like,
0: ah, joy again. I mean, I mean, I would be pretty joyful to have survived something that I knew was dangerous, too, though.
2: Yeah, like, to me, she's responding like a thrill seeker would. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. If you're the kind of person who gets off on, like, bungee jumping or whatever. mm
0: Yes. That. The okay. thing that Jeremy said.
1: If you say so.
2: But I think that reflects her larger characterization as a creature of impulse who doesn't dwell on things too much. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other notes, Jordana?
0: The the sound that snow makes when it's falling, I feel like um, I I know this sound, but it's not. It's a sound that I actually associate with snow falling on snow that is melting.
2: That makes a sound. Sort
0: of. Maybe it's like (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Is it sort of makes a sound? Right? It's not. It's
1: like an like I I kind of get it. Like obviously, like if you close your eyes
0: and listen, you can hear it but it's not like a sound that you would really think about.
1: Well, it's an abs- I don't I don't think you can hear it. I don't agree. Oh. Um, but I do think that there is like an absence of sound that comes when there's falling snow like cuz snow falling snow deadens sound, right? Yeah, like sound. ambient sounds are muffled and there is kind of like a magic to watching snow fall and you can sort of imagine that you hear it, right? But I do think that that's
0: I do have a bit of an overactive imagination. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it's like it's the magic, right? It's like the impossible thing. It's the sound of one hand clapping. Maybe the, the
0: magic is real.
1: Yeah, the magic is real.
2: And listeners, we will magic up some realness for you on tomorrow's page.
0: Uh, The wind!